Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. From the Ray Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On tonight's show, ever say, I'll see you in court? How about, I'll see you in arbitration? Attorney Thomas Lenz is here to talk about arbitration, mediation, and persuasion of all sorts. An old Italian proverb says, a bad agreement is better than a good lawsuit. We'll find out if that's true. And more theme song entries. Our ongoing contest to compose this show's theme song welcomes new contestants. Do we finally have a winner, or are we just waiting for Godot? Call me Lucky, or Putzo. Let's go. We can't. <laughs> I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to arbitrate this show's conversation into coherence. And now, please welcome the woman who appeals every court ruling requiring her to wear a conversational ankle monitor, Paula Poundstone! Thank you very much. Welcome, Paula. Thanks very much. And thank you to tonight's house band violinist Dmitry Yevsviev. That was well done. I, 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 Yevsviev. Yeah. Yevsviev. 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 Dmitry. 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 Welcome. Yevsviev. And it's a viola. I have violinist down here, but it is a viola. Okay. Bruce Springsteen on the guitar, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of Eastern Europe, though, I assume that Dmitry's name hails from somewhere around there. We are a highly rated podcast in Moldova. We covered that before. Remember that? Yeah. We bragged about that. And we gave an overview of Moldova. You and I. Um, this week, we got fact-checked by a listener from neighboring Romania. Oh, yeah. Boy, they are sticklers. They are. They're yeah. a nation of sticklers. Yeah. They just, man, anything about their neighbor that's incorrect, they jump on it. Yeah. Or themselves. They're just stickler people. Yeah. So, uh, um, so, so he said? Andre Dobra wrote with these notes. The Moldovan capital, Chisnau, does not have an umlaut under its its letter. No. The sign is actually closer to an accent from French rather than the Germanic umlaut. Oh my gosh, this comes as a blow. Did we umlaut it? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sorry, Paula. Uh, yeah, I mean my mouth is hanging open right now. If yeah. okay, on our Facebook page, we have uh, three three faces you might want to look up. But I yes. believe face number 1 is the uh, Rod Rosenstein I'm a I'm a prisoner. Right. Uh, help I'm being kidnapped standing behind face. Uh, Bill Barr 
and then there's a Bill Barr face, uh, like I'm pretending I don't understand face. Huh? And then there huh? is the, I'm trying to understand the word uh, suggest, I think was what he yes, meant. Yes, yes. And, and you know, I've looked at that picture again, and he looks for all the world like a dog that's cocking its head, uh, yeah, pretending, can't that, even. pretending that you can't see th- the cookie box. He's this far from being nipper from RCA. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, the third face is a, uh, uh, a Beatles fan, a young Beatles fan that's Screaming. just hysterical with yeah. love. And uh, I just want to say, when I got that information about, about the umlaut, the umlaut uh, I I had the uh, Rod Rosenstein face just, uh, yeah. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Anyway, I, a plea for help. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm feeling that way, too, because I, you know, I ordered that entire thank you just now. T-shirt, lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it's got an umlaut. What the? Yeah, umlaut. Yeah. You know what I think? Diacritical is marks suck. Diacritical marks? Yeah, that's what they're called, isn't no, it? No, there's a pill you can take for that that's no, advertised no, 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 no. on MSNBC. <laughs> when you just keep going to the bathroom and the animated bowel leads you down the hall, you take a diacritical. No. no. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the kind of marks that you have... You know, diacritical marks is also um, the the least known, less known uh, of gummo yeah, of the Marx brothers. <laughs> of the Marx brothers, <laughs> he was yeah. not a funny man at all. Yeah, diacritical, diacritical, get in here, leave Groucho alone. He's thinking of funny things. Okay, but you know what? Um, um, Andre Dobra had another thing to tell us, yes. and I want you to brace yourself because yeah. I think you're going to go all Rosenstein on me again. Yeah. Um, the national disc dish, the national yeah. dish, mamalia, mamaliga, uh, while described as a porridge, is actually. Closer to the Italian polenta. Well, that that deeply saddens me. I know. That, uh, <laughs> and I'm know, thinking about that bumper sticker I had printed up. It's not porridge, it's mammaliga. Yeah, I want you to know that uh, I had a mammaliga recently and I'm fine. Oh, yeah? Did you have it lanced? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had the, uh, you know, the procedure. The, oh, that uh, procedure to, to get rid of and, your mammaliga? Uh, uh, no, the, uh, you know, the breast... Uh, oh, that's a mammogram. Oh! Oh, my God. Oh, I feel like an idiot. Mammaliga is a comic so, book series about, so a, about a bunch of super mammals. So I didn't need to go to Moldova to do it? You went to Moldova and had somebody just squeeze to, your to boobs? To have a mammaliga done. Yeah, yeah. They, they were just they were just. They loved you. me. They said, oh, <laughs> it's, she's from Nobody Listens to Paula Pound Stone. <laughs> Let's do I, the mammaliga dance. <laughs> They loved me there. I got the Mamaliga for free. I used to dance the Mamaliga every yeah, Saturday night. I said, you're fine, you're fine, your breasts are fine. Mamaliga, Mamaliga. Yeah, you see, here's the thing. Any medical procedure that comes with a song is not a medical procedure. Really? That's, that, should you been your, that should have been your... Uh, Mamaliga, Mamaliga. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I felt so good. Well, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I understand it's a very comforting feeling. Anyway, um, Andre added, quote... I'm happy that such a glorious podcast as yourselves is turning its eye towards Eastern Europe. And I hope you are also climbing the charts in Romania as well. Well, I, I turned not only my eye, but my breast towards Eastern Europe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Andre, yeah, so. I got good news. <laughs> She's clean. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They, they cleared her in, in well, uh, Moldova. We tried to. Was there a was there a Romanian uh, podcast yeah, yeah. Did chart? You, did you, we, oh no, Tony says Tony Anita Hull, our producer, says we can't see where we rank on the Romanian uh, podcast chart. Why is it like a? They're sticklers. They can't have everybody looking at their stats. We already yeah. said. So there are stats, but they won't show them. Is They're very secretive the... too. Uh huh. I see. Their national it's motto n- is "Wouldn't you like to know our national motto?" <laughs> yeah, it's uh, need. They have charts. They have charts 
parts that show, but it's on a need-to-know basis. Right. And so you have to actually prove that you need to know. Well, if you're a Romanian and you have access to secret charts, please feel free to write us in and let us know where we rank. Gosh, this and- so reminds me of when uh, Trump asked the Russians to look for the emails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. We're inviting you <laughs> yeah. to look. Yeah. Um, and uh, Andre, thanks for writing in. Uh, and go tell your friends so that we can climb the charts in Romania. Yeah, that'll be great. All because right, and- you know we need. Can't keep doing the podcast if we don't have more listeners. We have to keep growing. Yeah. We're a growth-oriented industry, we podcasters. Absolutely. In other news, listener Scott Franciscus won a hotel soap. Remember him? Yes, congratulations, for, Scott Franciscus. For his, his succinct description of the pod. You know, he wrote, his quote was, a weekly clusterfuck for the soul, which is a very succinct description. And you've been using it, haven't you? I, I have been using it, yes. Yes, because I read aloud to a preschool a couple times a week. Yeah. And so... Right, and they and the kids want to know, like you know, are What's you somebody's mom? About? And I say, well, yes, but nobody who goes to school here. I said, I'm Paula Poundstone from nobody uh, listens to Paula Poundstone. What's and they, that, Miss Poundstone? And they tilt their little heads, almost Bill Barr esque, uh-huh. and uh, and I say, it's a it's a podcast and a comedy podcast. I'm not very good at describing it, and and then I say, uh, it's a weekly clusterfuck for the soul. Oh, uh-huh. and they go, oh, thank yeah. you for sharing. <laughs> Well, you know, um, for that great description, we mailed Scott Franciscus a, a bar of hotel soap. <laughs> yeah, this is so humiliating. Yeah, and uh, because this is a big prize that you came up with. Because right, it's a you fresh, go to hotels and you a pick fresh up- bar of hotel soap autographed. Yeah, well, some t- yeah, autographed exactly. Well, sometimes, you- well, sometimes it's autographed. I wow, I don't think I autograph I, every soap. I would if I were you, because it's not much ones. of a gift otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love the idea that you think it's more valuable as a result of the fact that I've signed it. At least it shows you're doing something. Yeah, I am. I'm doing. I bring it home. I bring uh, it home, uh, and then we mail it to the people. True enough. Given the size of your luggage, and we mail it to the people. Council. That's right. See, we mail it. And here's the thing: he, Scott, wrote to us to say that uh, it came postage due, <laughs> so he actually paid for his hotel soap. Which you didn't. No. Now, the post no, office didn't. darn it. The, the post Sorry. office didn't like that it was in an envelope, and they called it a package, and Scott had to pay for it. So we put it in an envelope instead of a package? Well, who's responsible for that? Uh, uh, Looking around. Uh, Tony Anita Hull. Oh, my god. Thought gosh. she could get away stuffing an envelope with soap. Wow. Oh, no. Tony. Uh, wow. Bitterly well, you disappointed. Know, the- I'll tell you something. The only reason that we don't make the prize a uh, a cruise ship vacation right. is that none of our listeners would pay for the cruise ship vacation. Right. And so we couldn't make it that, yeah. But that's not a prize, technically. If you say you've won the right to take a cruise yeah. and pay for it, that's not that, that's a suggestion. That's not a prize. It's more, you shouldn't make people pay for prizes, is my point. It's more a blessing. We give you, here, <laughs> here at our podcast, we give you a blessing of, you have our, you have our blessing to go on a, on on a, a cruise. cruise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on a cruise ship. Yeah, that would be not a, a prize. Great, that's a great prize. It isn't a prize and People jump up and down and cry over that. They make the number three face over that. Go ahead, look it up. <laughs> it's, a, it's the Beatles fan, if you're just tuning in. Um, okay, and um, speaking of hotel soaps, that reminds me of hematology. I think so many things do. Uh, yeah, no, I'm trying to mas- master the segue, and it's not really working. Um, so uh, a week or two ago, we talked about the fact that you got an alert that you were referenced in the Mediterranean Journal of Hematology and Infectious Diseases, right? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. And that's the only information that you got. Yeah, we don't know why I was referenced, 
Right. Uh, it could have been bleeding like a stuck poundstone. Right. It could have been. It could have been. Ble- we, have no, <laughs> we have no way of knowing, really. Yeah, you thought it might, that they might have added an entertainment section or something? Or a centerfold. Or a centerfold. <laughs> right. A picture snapped in the town square of Mo- somewhere in Moldova. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. looking for, yeah, that, uh, what's the name of the publication again? It was the Mediterranean Hematology. Mediterranean Journal of Hematology and Infectious Diseases. Yeah, yeah. I'm the centerfold in that. That's I, what it is. I'm convinced that there's something now called Poundstone Syndrome. Oh, that that's what is there. Yeah, I'm there guessing. Might, well, but we don't, well the be. point is we don't know. And so we decided to get our crack research staff on it. And we came up against a paywall in order to um, read this uh, this uh, entry from the Mediterranean Journal of Hematology and Infectious Diseases. You have to subscribe to it. And it turns out it costs eight twenty five a month billed annually. Um, so that's uh, uh about $99 a year. You have to pay all $99 just to find out about Poundstone Syndrome. Well, you know what? Scott uh, paid the, the mail delivery on his soap. I don't oh, know so why he clearly Scott has some cash. Franciscus. <laughs> Scott Franciscus is made yeah. of money. Yeah. I don't know why he couldn't belly up to the bar and take care of this for well, us. Well, nah, you know what, Scott? We're not asking you to do that. But I am. Okay. I'm asking you, Scott. I'm not asking you to do that, Scott. And Scott, when, you're, when your cruise trip that we are blessing goes by Moldova... You can say, and you're we taking sent, a yeah. shower with that soap that we sent you to pay for. Yeah, signed soap. It wasn't yeah. just any soap. It was signed. <laughs> it was signed soap from the Marriott Garden Inn. Well, listen, uh, we're putting out an APB out there. If Scott Franciscus decides to cheap out on us, um, <laughs> is there's anybody out there, a doctor that subscribes to the Mediterranean Journal of Hematology and Infectious Diseases, or has some sort of account that allows you access to that journal? Please let us know why they mentioned Paula Poundstone uh, last month. You know, it may be that they have such a small readership that what they do is they put out uh, like because uh, it came on email. This th- so maybe they just say, "Hey, we mentioned you in our magazine." Oh, you think it's like a spam thing? I, it may well be. It could I think be. it's more likely than I was actually in well, for any reason. As I've told you, I, I was I'm the son of a hematologist, and I, so I know that here in America, hematology is all but completely folded into oncology. There aren't a lot of hematological journals, I would not think, anymore. No. You know why? Uh, because they've never had good centerfolds. But now. <laughs> now. Starting in now the Mediterranean. they're coming back, baby. <laughs> Moldovan poundstone pictures. Um, Adam, you know I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl. And he has kind of a, a little bit like me because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it, but his name is Theo and he has a really grovelly voice. So he'll, it's, it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression, um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay. So earlier I was laying on the living room floor cause I'm exhausted and I'm wearing a nylon fiber filled vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love? That's what I say. What is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family, you know that already, and you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. Go ahead, ask me. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA, 
pet health insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. That's a lot of pets. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's ASPCA. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft (laughs) and and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European, and you can get those kind. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, fourteen karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. 
I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing. They cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. <laughs> and your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux, and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't want to take Adam's word for it, well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your sleepy time pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. There's a giant salamander crawling on our table. Anthony Alfaro has once again brought a He's, visitor. Wow. That is... <laughs> That is big. Can you get it away from the chips, though? Because yeah, yeah, I like to eat these chips. Okay. Well, well, you know what? Salamanders are very clean. I, salamanders are very clean? Very clean Where did animals. you get that idea? Well, look at them. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That's a little autographed soap in his hand. Yeah. That explains it. Uh, no, I didn't know. Where do you get the idea that salamanders are very clean? I, 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 don't, I have no idea where I get that idea. Yeah. He looks clean. Yeah. He's a giant. No, yeah, he he's a big, he's big yeah. for a salamander, he's big. Yeah. 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 We've had a lot of. Uh, we should explain that we had like a, little a month bit ago. We had a bat guano over there on the floor from like two weeks ago. A I think month ago, it was. we genuinely had a zoologist on this show and he brought some very interesting animals. And I think Anthony Alfaro has been somewhat pathetically trying to keep up uh, <laughs> by, by bringing animals every week. Yeah. And we've tried to ask him like where he's getting these animals from. And that he, he, he just says his, he has a friend yeah. who has a friend. He, he knows a guy Romanian who knows a guy. On us, you know, yeah. <laughs> he needs to know basis. Yeah. yeah. Won't, won't say a word. We had a silverback gorilla like a month ago. That was upsetting. Yeah. It was upsetting. You can still see where it's head uh, on the drop ceiling here at Ray Horseman Studios. You can still see where his head pushed up a little bit there, which makes for a unique sound when you record over in that area. Yeah, well, it's one of the, it, it adds character to the studio, I think. Yeah. And and finally, I want to get to this. You've brought, you've been bringing us vocabulary words every week, and our, our listeners just love it. Oh! I assume I, they do. They don't really write in about it, but um... But if they did write in about it, they would have a broad vocabulary to uh, to utilize they'd be able in to, each to use of many their words, letters. Yes. Well, you know, Adam, as you know, there are lots of perks for making this podcast. For example, I think it was last week when I got stuck trying to parallel park. And if I drove forward a quarter of an inch, I was on the bumper of the car in front of me. And if I drove a quarter of an inch backwards, I was against the curb. Uh, and a man came out of the auto insurance storefront right there beside the marijuana dispensary to try to guide me. Right. And a crowd gathered, and it took me about 30 minutes to finally park. Yeah. And I was deeply humiliated. Okay. Still, I have to ask myself, is that enough of a perk for doing our podcast? So for the last several weeks, as you say, I've been learning a word per episode. This week's word is Pusillanimous. Pusillanimous. It's an adjective. It is. Uh, Bonnie Burns. That means <laughs> contemptibly timid, cowardly. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. Mm -hmm. Trump must have some sort of leverage over Lindsey Graham because Graham has become pusillanimous and won't speak out against the president's misdeeds. Wow. That's 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 current and it's correct that's a terrific use of the word pusillanimous pusillanimous it's it's probably in fact i'm sure if you look up pusillanimous as they say in there'd the be a picture of lindsey graham there's lindsey graham right there uh yeah recent lindsey graham not so much old lindsey graham you know that word came up in my life recently and i remembered where i learned it from on my way here tonight uh do you remember the ruddles 
The who? The Ruddles, Eric Idle's um, Beatles parody band no, from the, no, from the late 70s. That. No. Oh, it was a very funny uh, TV special. In one of their fake Beatles songs, they used the word pusillanimous. That's how I knew it. I didn't, boy, that, you had to make several sharp turns to get to that. From the word pusillanimous to how I knew it? Yeah. And you're the one who somehow brought it out of a parallel parking story. Yeah. Um, what's the word? <laughs> Do you know where I learned the word obsolete? Where? As an adult, I happened to be watching Captain Kangaroo one day. And Captain Kangaroo taught the word obsolete. Boy, he was really getting, he was really he was scraping really, the bottom of that a, barrel. He was an edgy uh, he was out of stuff children's to do. television guy. <laughs> All right, kids, today we're going to talk about me and how I feel. <laughs> There's a word for that. You know, I was never a great fan of that show, although I did like Mr. Green Jeans. But when I grew up, I realized he actually, uh, I saw him one time on uh, the News Hour. And uh, very much like Mr. Rogers, uh, what the heck is his name? Who did you Bob, see on the news hour? Uh, the, Bob, ca- the captain or Mr. Green? Keisham, Bob uh, Keisham. Yeah. Um, was actually a brilliant children's advocate. Uh, was he? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say along the lines of um, Kim Kardashian, but very good. Very good. Very good. In his own little way. Yeah. No. He well, I never liked Captain Kangaroo either, nor Mr. Green Jeans, and I don't trust anybody named after their pants. <laughs> just, just, just prima facie that's 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 just no for as far as i'm yeah, concerned but, well your but your wife's name is Jeannie. jean yeah, she's not named jean, for pants jean she asked her mother she is i asked her I, mother you have that. not asked her mother. i did i asked her mother I, I we were talking about you guys growing up and i told her mother about how you used to um want to be a smurf and so you which dyed is, yourself blue fake news <laughs> <laughs> And she told me, she, she just said, you know, she has a southern accent, Jeannie's mom. And she said, well, I want you to know that I named Jeannie uh, after Jeans. <sighs> coming up. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, coming up, Voltaire said, quote, I was never ruined but twice. Once when I lost a lawsuit, once when I won one. Lawyer Thomas Lenz suggests an alternative to trying lawsuits in court. We'll talk arbitration when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. And we're back. Oh, thank you, Dimitri. This is a, I hope I hope you all uh, enjoyed that um, five second musical interlude because I feel reset. I, I am definitely reset. Now, Paula, we have something in common. Um, and I want to hear your side of the story. We both had, at one point in our lives, thought we had a brain tumor. Well, okay. I'm not sure that... I, I was hopeful, because I hate to put away leftovers, but uh, I know. I don't. I'm not, a, a doctor told me that they thought that I might have a brain tumor. And you were like, great, now I don't have to put away these leftovers. Exactly. And so uh, so I went to another doctor, because the... Right? You want a second opinion? Well, no, they sent me, because it was my eye doctor who thought I had a... A brain tumor. And so oh, she sent God me sakes. to a, uh, I don't know, the brain tumor guy, a I neuro- guess. A, a neurologist or a neurosurgeon, probably. Uh, yeah. Or, no, I think it was just a therapist to a doctor in front of her name. And uh, Wow, that was a, that's a bad eye doctor. <laughs> no, I went, you're right, I went to a neuro something. Yeah. And at the brain tumor detection doctor, however, I had to sign a form. You know, when I checked in, I said, yeah. you know, I'm Paul Poundstone. He's I'm like, Paul Poundstone. Give, give me the clipboard with the form. I I've, just, I've, got, I've got a plate of lasagna 
on my counter. Right. And I need to know whether yeah. I have to put it away I'm, or not. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall. <laughs> and they said, they said, okay. They get, so one of the forms I had to fill out was I had to sign a thing saying that uh, I agreed to arbitration. Now, okay. first of all, if you think you have a brain tumor and you're going to the brain tumor doctor, I don't feel it's much of a choice. Like, we're going to check to see if you have a brain tumor, and it's fairly urgent, I'm going to assume. Well, it depends. There, there can be slow-growing blood. Yes. All okay. right. I'm just going to say yes. Point, right. Okay. It felt urgent to me. Sure. Right? So, and... Right. Uh, lasagna was getting cold. Because I, I hate to put away <laughs> leftovers. <laughs> and why make plans? And so, that's a weird one. Like, here, here say yeah. you agree to arbitration. I would I, imagine I, that's a very common thing, especially in high-risk medical places now. Yeah. It's a little bit gun to your head. And, and the truth is... I. At that point, I would have signed a paper saying that, you know, I'd work for free for the guy every Tuesday. And, and I, I, what I want to know is what would arbitration have looked like if the brain tumor doctor, uh, say he did surgery and he removed the wrong lobe. And now I go to arbitration. How, I, like, I've never known what would that mean? What does it mean? Yeah, it's an alternative to a, to a legal action. I, I know that much. And I'd imagine in the medical profession, it's it's... Very, very common because you know. Well, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that with with with, with our next guest. I wonder if guest. we have anyone who could help us. We in fact do. We have someone who can help us both with Moldova's national dish and with arbitration. Uh, let's see. Thomas Lenz is an attorney with the firm of Atkinson Andelson Lawyer Rude and Romo, and he is the oh law lecturer at the University of Southern California. Please welcome Thomas Lenz. Thank you. <laughs> That is one hell of a firm, Atkinson, Andelson, Loya, Rude, and Romo. That's a that's a train route. Yeah, and if it your is. last name is Loya, what else are you going to do for a living? <laughs> Loya. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got to be a lawyer. <laughs> I'm sure he gets that all the time. Once uh, or she. Yeah. Um, now, Thomas, thanks for coming to our show. Now, before we get to Paula's brain tumor, that wasn't you. Ha- you apparently you said as you were sitting down that. Um, you know something about Moldovan food. Indeed. Moldovan I do. cuisine. Through a friend. Okay. And that friend happens to be Moldovan. Okay. And he told the story of traveling in the South. Uh huh. And when his father was served grits, he exclaimed, a la Eureka, Mamaliga. Aha. Uh-huh. Because grits have the consistency of. Uh, yeah, that would make sense to me because polenta and grits aren't that far apart from each other. So Mamaliga. Yeah. And, and cream of wheat, it's all the same. Well, cream is a little soggier, isn't it? Not if you make it wrong. Okay. <laughs> Fair point. Now let's move to your, your brain tumor, which I'm starting to wonder if they actually diagnosed it correctly. Um, <laughs> well, fortunately, I signed that arbitration thing, so, so if they were wrong, boy, have I got them over a barrel. That's right. Or do you? Let's find out. Thomas, uh, now, Tom, I can call you Tom, right? You can call me Tom. I'm going to do it. Tom, did she really have a choice in agreeing to arbitration? In a sense, yes, because you could say, I, I want to do this or I don't. Uh, arbitration is considered a, a contractual sort of obligation. It's something that you uh, can, can choose to enter into and resolve a dispute through the specified terms. Or you can say, I don't want to do that, in which case the doctor probably isn't going to treat you. Well, that's oh. my whole point. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if you're, you know, you're at the doctor, you think you might have a brain tumor uh, and uh, scheduling is challenging. Uh, it seems to me that you would just do whatever... 
Yeah. Now, if that doctor had really messed up, like let's say not even removing, let's say they just removed her finger or something, um, or a nipple, what, <laughs> what, what would the arbitration have looked like? The arbitration is something less formal than a court proceeding. Uh, it is considered a form of alternative dispute resolution, which uh, federal and state law consider um, a, an appropriate way to resolve disputes, assuming the parties agree and assuming that uh, certain basics of uh, the legal process are observed. And uh, like so what? that would be the ability to call witnesses, to cross-examine witnesses against you, uh, perhaps to receive uh, remedies similar to what you uh, could obtain in court. And it would be... Uh, but you've got a panel and not a jury is kind of the... Uh, maybe. It or depends, just a judge? Or? It depends on the agreement. Uh, some arbitration is before a single arbitrator. Other arbitration is before a panel. And it really depends upon uh, the the particular setting that you're in. Sometimes it's in front of a high school choir. <laughs> really? Yeah. And the answer can come back um, with harmony. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, all I'm right. I'm entirely so you, sure that's not true. So it's not in a court. Right. It's uh, not in a it's court. It's just like in somebody's office. It seems like there's an opportunity for corruption there if there's a single arbitrator. Well, there... Because I'd pay them off. I, I would think that would be an issue that could be challenged in court. Uh, there, There is an ability... Um, not necessarily to appeal an arbitration award, but if there is some infirmity in how uh, the arbitrator ruled, uh, maybe inconsistent with the contract, um, inconsistent with uh, the law that might underlie uh, the arbitration agreement, particularly if it's referenced in the agreement, or if you have a biased arbitrator uh, for some reason that you're able to establish. Uh -huh. And that's so very rare. Even in arbitration, you can still sue the shit out of somebody, right? So you can, you can go, I don't accept this arbitration, now I go to court. Well, it's not the same as an appeal. Uh, you're typically giving up your right to go to court. Um, you, you have a limited scope of review. Uh -huh. so, uh, it, so what you'd be able to review is, is the bias of the arbitrator and things like that. Right. And a court is typically going to uh, put a really high bar in front of you uh, to show that, you know, something about your agreed upon process must have been really, really wrong uh -huh. uh, for them to be willing to, to take it at all. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they took my finger instead of uh, my, my brain tumor. How would I, so would someone see that there was an error there? I, I think that might be such a case. Yeah. Now, I'm guessing that, that the reason why doctors need this arbitration uh, more than, than other uh, professionals is because malpractice suits. Is that it? Juries are made up of patients, uh, typically not doctors. And they've been there. They've waited in the waiting rooms. They've had whatever treatment, go right or wrong. And uh, I think they would tend to sympathize more uh, with uh, the patient than with the doctor. Uh-huh. So let me get this straight then. In arbitration... There, there's no lawyers. There's just you just go in and there's just one person that's saying yay or nay. Uh, there, or panel. There can be lawyers. Uh, many times uh, lawyers uh, will represent uh, one side or the other uh, in an arbitration. Uh, I've seen procedures over the years where uh, perhaps it's spelled out in the agreement that attorneys are not allowed. Uh-huh. But uh -huh. I would say that's rare. Or sometimes they're allowed, but every time they say, I object, the arbitrator goes, this isn't a courtroom, sit down. 
And that's, then, that's probably gets yeah, really and you're tiresome. for that. Yeah. yeah. I said, sit down. I object to <laughs> sitting down. Um, what's the difference between arbitration and mediation? Arbitration is a, I would say, a substitute for a court proceeding uh, where there is a decision typically binding on the parties. Mm -hmm. Mediation, on the other hand, uh, it's a different type of alternative dispute resolution where parties are brought together to try to settle. Oh, they haven't pre-agreed to be to mediation like or, you have to with, with arbitration. Uh, yeah, they, they may agree to go to mediation or they may be ordered by a court. I see. Uh, the court says, we want you to to put your best efforts into settling this uh, using a third-party mediator, a neutral, uh, to try to facilitate those discussions. And oftentimes the parties will uh, either select a mediator or, or have one appointed by a court, uh, someone who has some sort of subject matter expertise. Uh -huh. So in a medical malpractice case, it uh, would hopefully be someone who understands uh, medicine and uh, the sorts of issues that uh, you've described. Uh, if it was a wage and although, hour although case. To, to, to be fair, removing a finger rather than a part of your brain, is that's easy for even a, a layman to understand. Well, in the sense of resolving Look, a legal dispute. Look, he's already dispute, siding with the doctor. Did you see uh, that? Did no. you see? No, I was siding with no, you. No, no, Tom. Tom, when oh, he went to, uh, oh, he yeah. hesitated. He made like a, a number two Bill Barr face. Yeah, he did. And then he, <laughs> he did make that Bill Barr number two face. I saw the whole thing. Yeah, he was a yeah, yeah. yeah, but you know. Yeah, so Adam said like, okay, but if you took off a finger instead of removing a brain tumor, anybody you could be a layman and still understand that as a mistake. And Tom went, well, yeah. Well, the mediator's job isn't to decide things. It's really to try to find where the strengths and weaknesses are in the case. Mm -hmm. I see. Get the well, parties. at that point, the weakness is in my finger that's not there yeah, anymore. You're, you're well, they do say the finger is a window to the brain. Yeah, it's my left grip, my left-hand yes. grip. That's where the weakness yeah, is. Yeah, you, you're minus one digit, and yeah. that, that is yeah. certainly a point of leverage for yeah. purposes of mediation. And since I make, <laughs> since I make my, my living as a shoplifter, that, uh, right. yeah, now I'm well, getting that's, a, that's a, a four hard. Finger discount instead of a five finger discount. <laughs> That's twenty percent less. Yeah, exactly. Of a discount. So this mediator that that everyone agrees to now, or the arbitrator, or the where arbitrator. are we? Are we an arbitrator know. or mediation? He was right explaining now. the different. He was talking about the mediation, I believe. Right. Yes. Are you an arb? Do you do arbitration? I represent parties in arbitration. I, I am not an arbitrator. Uh, yes, occasionally. Okay. How do you become an arbitrator? The Arbitrarily. Um, well, <laughs> th that would be conceivably possible, yeah. but uh, not, Just not typical. Just the third guy off uh, the subway that day? Typically, someone uh, is a uh, lawyer uh -huh. uh, who has uh, taken courses in uh, how to be an effective arbitrator. Uh, the government offers courses. Uh, the American Arbitration Association offers courses. Uh, there are different places one can go uh, to essentially learn to be a neutral rather than a... Um, an advocate for one side or the other. You know, if I were going to be an arbitrator, I, uh, you know, you how you said the government offers courses, and then you said the American uh, Arbitration, arbitration Association. Association. I would go to the American Arbitration Association because I imagine they offer courses and a tote bag. Perhaps. Yeah. So I would go with them because yeah, I think there's swag there. It's more likely better coffee. You're and, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. A good coffee. But you got to be you got to be really careful because I I once uh, tried to join the 
American Arbitration Association, and I ended up with a service that would come out and change my tires when I needed it. Yeah, it's AAA. They're, yeah, they're both AAA is my yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. I, I, okay, I know this is a little bit off topic. Excuse me, Tom. But I, one time, <laughs> so humiliating, I went to a AAA meeting, and I stood up and said, uh, <laughs> I'm, I, Paula. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. And boy, yeah. did I get some stares at the AAA meeting. I'm, I'm sure you did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to bring this back around to Tom now because uh, that's that's what we do around here. Um, let me ask you a little bit about arbitration seems to be a fairly big thing right now. Is it mostly because our court system is so complicated and messed up and expensive or is there is it also just a nice, effective way to do things? Well, the courts and the laws have established um, really a. I would say a general rule that arbitration is favored because it clears the dockets uh, in the courts. It means that uh, there is less work for the judges to have to do. Uh, it enables parties to resolve disputes on their own terms rather than going through the time and expense of court litigation. I think if there were more parties, there would be less conflict. Um, oh, hold on a second. Captain Crinkle, was that your phone? Oh, my God. That was her that's, phone. It sounded like somebody honking outside. My, my, that's my manager, by the way, Tom. And, and, uh, and producer of this show, Bonnie Captain Crinkle Burns. She has a tendency to make noise while we're recording. And apparently <laughs> now it, her phone has gone off. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I guess know, she had it against is, a, a, a marching symbol or something because it was, it was a very, very loud buzz. It was very noisy. Um well, that's why I'm so glad that you're here, because I want to sue the shit out of Bonnie Birds. <laughs> Is that happening again, Bonnie? No. Are you sure? I, there's something wrong with your hearing. There's something, yeah, there's something wrong with my hearing, yeah. and that I correctly identified whose bag that buzzing was coming out of. Yeah. Yeah. He could tell who was calling. That's how good his yeah, hearing well, is. as sharp as a tack. Um, all right. So... I was under the impression that there were cases that the court wouldn't hear, and then people go to arbitration instead. Is that a thing? Well, if there is an arbitration agreement in effect, a court is very likely to say, let the parties deal with it through arbitration. Uh -huh. in, in fact, uh, if someone tries to sue when they are under an arbitration agreement, mm -hmm. uh, a party might try to compel arbitration. In other words, get a court order uh -huh. to say this should be before an arbitrator rather than before the court. I see. Uh -huh. Interesting. It sounds more like, uh, you know, it, it, arbitration and mediation sounds fluffier. It sounds more sort of peace, love, uh, expensive tea. Than what? Uh, than court. Yes, nobody ever says, I'm going to arbitrate the shit out of you. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. it just seems it, so it soft. It does not have the same panache as uh, yeah, yeah. suing somebody into oblivion, but it is a more efficient way to resolve disputes, and that's one of the reasons why courts like it. But it more efficient? I mean, I'll tell you, my my mother had an efficient thing. She would just go, I, you know, I'm going to hit all of you. Yeah, I'm not even going to look back. I'm just going to hit. Right, exactly. Yeah. Don't, you know, just, right, just swing the, their kids arm in the back, back seat. And, yep. and anybody get. So is that efficient? Do you do that to two parties? You drive them around a random, car and then you swing your arm back? No, rarely. but he's not an I, arbitrator. I, I, I rarely do that. Yeah, but, but would that be a form of arbitration uh, where you just put the parties in the car? It depends on what your agreement says. Uh -huh. <laughs> well and then said. my mother drives the car and she just swigs. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen that, but yeah, uh, yeah I've, I've not been a party to that. Uh, now, uh, I was just going to ask you another important question uh, it slipped right out of my head. Sorry. That's because of the tumor. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, uh, hold on, I'm going to pick up that penny. Oh, oh, I can't. You can't. Um, uh, <laughs> I totally forgot. Go ahead, you next. Uh, okay, is um, do you think it sounds to me? So back me up. That arbitration is often fairer than a jury jury verdict. Because you can't really snow. No, he didn't an say it was fair. He I, just said it was faster, it, it and that's my faster, question. So my question uh, was about fairness. It, I think there there are big issues in terms of fairness uh, of arbitration. California has taken a lead in, for example, workplace arbitration, making sure that uh, arbitration agreements for employment disputes meet certain uh, basic criteria. Oh, and if you do not allow for um, discovery of the other side's facts and remedies that equate to what you could get in court, uh, your arbitration agreement is going to be considered invalid. Uh So So in other states, you can get really screwed by arbitration contracts. Uh, There are, for example, um, arbitration agreements that employees try to invalidate uh, because they don't uh, satisfy the uh, the basic terms of uh, of the law, but because the uh, because the arbitrator is the assistant manager. Yeah, and uh, it, he's right up there with his vest and his yeah. name tag, and that's so. What are you saying, Kyle? Did to you because Kyle's an upstanding guy. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, m- many times uh, businesses uh, or uh, employers in employment disputes will you know, try to say things like, you're not allowed to proceed in a class action. In other words, you have to bring your case as an individual uh-huh. rather than uh, together with similarly situated oh. people. And we've had uh, recent Supreme Court rulings on that. Uh, and the Supreme Court uh, of the United States has blessed that, saying that you know if you have that sort of class action waiver, that uh, that can be binding. In fact, California's- Really? That doesn't sound right. California's uh, Supreme Court has even uh, said that with, with regard to class action waivers in arbitration agreements. But there is one uh, big caveat with uh, one type of legal claim that California uh, will not allow to be waived in an employment contract. That is the Private Attorneys General Act. But again, that's-, that's What does a, that mean, the Private Attorneys General? That is a law that was passed in California saying that you can essentially take on uh, the role of the Attorney General um, and if you- Anybody can. Yes. And- there is basically a recovery that you can get if this if the state does not take this claim you can file a lawsuit you get a portion of the recovery and uh, the state gets a portion of the recovery uh, because what you are doing in bringing action is uh, furthering the public interest in, so in some respect so you can attorney Wait a minute. you can appoint yourself attorney no general for one particular case yes i've never that's heard of that that's awesome that's ridiculous. So I anybody can just go, I'm an attorney general now? Don't you speak to me like that or I'm going to go AG <laughs> on your ass. So I could open my door at Halloween and there's a kid dressed like Spider-Man and there's a kid just dressed like, doesn't appear to have a costume on at all. And there's a kid dressed like a princess. And I go, well, hey, what do we have here? And the first kid says, I'm Spider-Man. And the, and the third kid says, I'm a princess. And the third kid says, I'm an uh, attorney general. You can just be an attorney general. You need to have a case. You need to have some sort of claim. Oh, so that's so that's what I'm going to say to the kid when he says trick or treat. I'm going to go fuck you, kid. You don't have a case. You don't have a case, and now you're not getting any candy. You're not. Your, your words, not mine. But that, uh... that... <laughs> but that, that, wait, Tom. I'm not understanding something in what you're telling me. Okay. So you have a case, and somehow you're not getting recourse through the government. So you go there. Then I'm an attorney general. That it has to be a particular it kind of case. It has to be a particular type of case. What kind out. of case does it have to be? Well, I often see it in terms of employees who don't get paid properly. 
Uh-huh. Right. Well, so then why we, didn't every one of the people that got ripped off by Donald Trump become attorney generals? Well, attorneys general, it's right? A, it's a California thing. Oh. But, it's, but it's an individual case, and it, yeah. and it relates to that group decision, which I want to get back to for a second. So what you're saying is, if you um, if you feel like your employer is discriminating, like if I'm being discriminated against because I'm a woman, I'm being paid less, right? Yeah. Yes. And I think, well, that's obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's that's gender not discrimination. why we're paying you less, by the way. Well, just I'm, so you know, it's a hypothetical. Yeah, right. But I think, I okay, think you're first holding. First of all, you're not a woman, and second of all, that's not why we're paying you less. First of all, don't assume my gender. <laughs> and second of all, I'm not necessarily talking about this podcast. However, let me go uh-huh. on. And so, so, so you think you think you you're you're being discriminated against because you're a woman? But obviously, if you're going to win a case like that, you have to. You have to show a pattern, right? Usually you have to – a class action suit would be the way to do it. Well, th- that's if you wanted to show it was something bigger than just a case involving you. Right. It would be possible to bring a case as an individual. Right. Um, but it's but, a much stronger case if you could show that across this multi-thousand per employee. And you're saying that if the employer has a has made you sign an arbitration agreement, um, then you can't – enter into a class action suit about this. That's what the Supreme Court decided? If there is language saying that you are not allowed to proceed in a class or collective way, yes. Oh, that is evil. Isn't it? Well, it's the law. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. By the way, for those of you following us on Facebook, uh, he just made face number one. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't, he he wasn't concealing Rosenstein. anything. It was... I'm totally, I'm, uh, help me, I'm being kidnapped. I can't say, any, I can't say what I want to say right now. I'm that having was a great face. time. <laughs> help me, I'm having a great time being kidnapped. I can't say what I want to say right now. All right. Well, thank you, Thomas Lenz, for mediating this discussion. Paula, what advice can you give our listeners? about arbitration based on this interview. Dimitri Smith, if you could... Uh, <laughs> um, if, could I have a little background music from our house band, uh, Dimitri? Beautiful. Arbitration is alternative dispute resolution. Courts favor it because it's fast, and eeny, meeny, miny, mo can be so time-consuming. The fastest arbitration on record sounded like this. First party, he did it. Second party, no, she did it. Arbitrator, she did it. Done. (laughs) Tom says that juries are made up of patients, but it strikes me that an arbitrator is a patient too. If a doctor and an aggrieved patient go into an office to find an arbitrator with no legs and an oxygen tank, the doctor must be like, fuck! All right. <laughs> Thomas Lenz is an attorney with the firm of Atkinson, Endelson, Loya, Rude, and Romo, and lectures at the USC Gould School of Law. Thank you so much for being on our show, Tom. It has been Fantastic, my pleasure. Tom. It's Thank just you. wonderful. Thank you very much. There we go. All right. Coming up next, new entries in our theme song contest. God damn it, Bonnie. <laughs> Tune up your musical ears for new delights. That's coming up right after this. The Cat of the Week is Ginger Bender from Canyon Lake, Texas. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, though she's got plenty to say. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, but she can. 
talking anyway. She's got advice to share, and it's pretty good. You won't listen, though you probably should, cause it's well researched, and it's just for you. So maybe once in a while, you'll send a buck or two. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. That's the name of the show. Nobody listens to Adam Felber either, as far as we know. If a podcast drops and no one hears it fall, did it ever really happen at all? Oh, yeah. Start fading that, Anthony. Yeah, fade that down. Paula, you remember that, don't you? That's a great song. That is from Kevin Kelso, um, and accompanied by you our house Excuse band, me. Dmitry Yevstefeyev. That, yeah, that was great. Um, is that Salamander's nose in that cookie bag right there? The Salamander's eating the cookies, yeah. Could you so just get that? Is uh, so yeah, I'll gross. I'll it away. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I, I think it's you cute. Th- I know you said they're clean. I'll but eat that, that cookie on the top, okay? Yeah. I'll eat the cookie on the top. Yeah. So we've been taking entries for a year now. We've received some remarkable tunes like that one from uh, Kevin Kelso. That was a great one. Yeah, it, it's great. It even contains a Zen message. It's 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 wonderful. Now, we've had more terrific theme song uh, entries come in. Oh, great! So uh, you want to hear them? I do. Okay, this is a good one. This one's from Rebecca Lee. She she wrote about this acapella tune. I'm a nobody and have been a fan of your work since the early '90s. Not thank clear you, whether she's talking to me or you. But uh, she's talking. You to me. assumed she was talking to you. Yeah, thank you. When Rebecca. I was a wee teenager, exactly. I remember watching your late night talk show. That's got to be you, and loved hearing your house band acapella group, the Mint Juleps. They were great. They inspired me to form an acapella girl group of my own with friends from a choir class, and later earn a BA in music. As an adult, I don't have any bored choir friends, so I use the voices in my head and the magic of multi-track recording. I love that. Take it away, Rebecca Lee. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. And Adam Felber's on every show. Wow, wow, that is fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, I like that a little. Because um, <laughs> it both has that thing that I d- dislike, the whole that you keep pushing, that I'm on every show. I don't but it really ends that. with a fanfare. I mean, yeah, it, they, I'm on every show with a bullet there. Yeah, no, it's the nobodies who have pointed out, the nobodies who have submitted theme songs have pointed out that Adam Felber's on every show, and they celebrate that fact. Well, that's... Sort of a, not a lie, but it's very misleading. There's the, the nobodies didn't stumble into this description, Paula. You've been repeatedly saying it and, and, and goading them. You're the ringleader of the, what we say about Adam is that he's on every show. I have uh, nothing to do with that. It's spontaneous. It, it was grassroots. It was not grassroots. It was, it was grassroots. No, Like no, Elizabeth it, Warren's campaign, it was grassroots. Okay. Go Elizabeth Warren, yeah, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, we also got this one from Cameron Albee. She wrote- Wait a minute. I just have to say one thing before we go any further, and I know you're going to say it's not germane, but it is. Well, go ahead. I do not understand Tohunga. What do you mean? The street. The street in Los Angeles, yeah. in North Hollywood. Yeah, I take it on my way here, and yes. I don't understand it. What do you mean you don't understand I'm it? I'm driving on Tohunga, and then it's something else, and then it's something else, and then it's Tohunga again. I didn't realize. When does, it, when does it become something else? I don't know. Sometime when I'm driving on it. I don't think so. Yep. No. Yep. Tohunga's always Tohunga. Tohunga, Tohunga ends in always... Lancashire. 
It's Lancashire for a little while. That's what it becomes. Yeah, it ends. Yeah. To, to hunga, well, Lancashire is the confusing one. Here's why you're confused, Paula Poundstone. And I'm yeah. sure our listeners from all over the country and indeed the world are going to be fascinated by this. So I will well, encourage okay, Captain Griggle to edit this, this in out. Mind. There yeah. is uh, edit. There is uh, <laughs> a uh, bus tour of Los Angeles. Okay. I forget what it's called, but the, the Los- bus tour of Los Angeles. Yeah, the, it's you know the celebrity bus oh, yeah, tour yeah, of Los Angeles. Celebrity homes and stuff. And so, and they're going to be swinging. Down, uh, they usually they go around Hollywood, but they're going to come over the hill on the freeway uh-huh. to come down to Miranda Street. Sooner or later, we're yeah. going to make it onto that tour. Is exactly. what you're saying, right? And then but you know there is so a reason a to of... go down to Hunga if you're on one of those tours. What um, is it? Because Tahunga is is the closest main road, I believe, to the Brady Bunch house, oh. the house where the Brady Bunch was shot. Um. And it's Which, also oh Tahunga. I thought also, you were saying the Brady ones were shot. No, and I was but just speaking like, of oh that, God, I'm glad you brought again. up shootings because Tahunga is also the street on which Vitello's, the Robert Blake murder restaurant, um, what is oh. as well. So it's quite possible that a tour bus could come down. Yeah, Tahunga. no, it's coming down to see uh, Ray Horseman Studios, sure, where nobody sure. listens to Paul Poundstone is recorded. Um, and by the way, don't we have a new theme song? <laughs> Thank you for getting me out of there, Paula. All right, this we got this from Cameron Albee. She wrote, I'm a 13-year-old kid and a huge fan of your show. So I use the power of technology uh, to create a theme song, even though I don't have a whole lot of musical ability. Thanks for making great content for everyone from me to my grandparents. Also, what's the story behind the walk-in freezer episode? Well, I think we can help you with all those things. Yeah. First of all, let me just say that, um, Cameron, as soon as you said 13-year-old, I suspected you were a kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and not having musical ability, which I'm sure isn't entirely true. Uh, I haven't heard the song yet, so I don't know for sure. But uh, I don't think that stopped a lot of musicians um, from Certainly pursuing not. a career no. in music. Uh, and so I love it that there's great content. I love it that you and your grandparents are huddled around the old uh, smartphone listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, just like the goddamn Waltons. And go ahead, Cameron, ask your grandparents who they are. Uh, but and the but story to answer your question. behind the walk-in freezer yeah. episode is that um, Adam and I were doing an on-location show in uh, a restaurant Famous yeah. Italian restaurant, and um, we uh, accidentally got locked in a freezer, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. a walk-in freezer, and we were because, almost killed. Yeah, we almost you froze to death. In. Yeah, and, uh, and while we were in me, there, and we were reminiscing about you know the the uh, old podcast that we loved doing. Yeah, and freak us out. We heard Bonnie Burns on the other side of the door, crinkling. And she, she was rescued crinkling, us. and she rescued us. So I, I recommend everybody listens to that episode. But yeah. I do. I so do Cameron, wanna... what's not to understand? And you have grandparents right there. Ask them. Yeah. Well, your grandparents would. Here's something that you wouldn't understand. I think her. What's the deal? Is how what? Because Cameron is 13 years old and thus is unaware of the clip show convention, which is. Cameron, long before you were born, when TV shows had to churn out like 38 episodes a season, sometimes they would do what's called a clip show, which they would just reminisce about stuff from previous episodes so they could just shoot as little new stuff as possible. And those clip shows often ended up with characters getting stuck in wacky positions where they had no choice but to just sit around and reminisce. So we did sort of an homage slash parody of the classic clip show. That's not true. Uh, Cameron, we were stuck (laughs) in a freezer. (laughs) 
and we were lucky to get out with our lives. Uh, you know, yeah. Bonnie Burns had not been crinkling on the other side of the door. We, we never would have heard we her. We never, yeah. yeah. We, never, right. we couldn't have heard anything else from there. Except you know either explanation, that Cameron. fucking lizard is now on my Three Musketeers bars. It's a salamander. Well, it's still it's wrapped. It's a salamander. It's a salamander. Yes, they're wrapped, but now they're wrapped in salamander slime. I think it's funny how they're able to, this one, it's got like sticky feet. It does have sticky feet. And you know what? How do they procreate? Because it appears to be actually humping my Three Musketeers bar. You know what? Well, that would, one would, is for you. I would put that one aside and let's see what happens in a few yeah. months. You, you, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're going <laughs> to give birth. There's going to be little eggs, little salamander eggs, and yeah. they're going to each one have a face like one of the Musketeers. And you know what? <laughs> I would still eat the Musketeers bars after that because those are clean animals. All right. Um, let's hear Cameron Albee's theme song. Nobody. Nobody listens to Paula Pugs as you're walking along. Your day's going well. When you're a twist of fate, you fall down a well. I'll drop my phone. I'll take a gamble so you can listen to Paula ramble. Paula is a genius, also Adam. She'll analyze your dropping in to the very Adam. You say it's unimportant, she'll kick you in the groin. You tug on dough and talk and find Thomas coin. Was attacked by a mattress and away he ran. This show is really cool. Quote a fan. This podcast is just like a runaway train. You can keep it on track, Adam. You'll just be your pain. She'll talk about movies that she thinks will and he'll mention Mr. Satan or a cat of the week. She'll even expand your vocabulary. Please teach me a word that rhymes with vocabulary. And Adam, if you don't want to be on every show, here's a little tip for you. Just don't go. You're always so annoyed. You need to change your tone. But nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Woo! Wow! That was fantastic, All right, Cameron! Cameron. Oh pardon, my pardon, my, pardon my language, but I'm calling bullshit on this whole thing about you not having any musical talent. Oh, man, that you, was great. You got... You've got a bag full of musical talent, and if you don't know how to play an instrument now, that does not mean that you shouldn't, because that was fantastic. Yeah, that really was great. Uh, and by the way, in rap, uh, I think February comes damn close to vocabulary. In rap. Yeah. Yeah. How about you know, constabulary? They, what the fuck does constabulary mean? I don't even mean? know if I'm pronouncing it right. I believe it's a police force. Oh, constabulary. Like the guy who sells Oliver? Yeah, the constable. Yeah. Yeah, constable well, being policeman. Why that? Well, well, because you added syllables to it, but just it rhymes to, with vocabulary. I see, but that you don't just add guy who syllables. guy who brings in Oliver. It's not really a rhyme for vocabulary, now, is it? All right, uh, Cameron, I would advise you to use this rhyme with vocabulary: adamulary. Adamulary. That's a yeah, good that, one. That's not, not even a thing. Adam Felburulary. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Now, Paula, Paul, I'm sure that, that that Cameron, and again, Cameron, thank you for that song so much, that as well as Rebecca Lee. Um, I'm sure these fans of yours would like to see you in person. They don't want to just write songs for you. They want to see you in person. Oh, they're so, dying to see me in yeah, person. So are I'm, you a, I'm a asking you, Paula. I'm a calling you out. Um, where are you going to be? I'll be at the Criterion Theater in Bar Harbor, Maine on September 7th. But before then, I'm at the Cape Cod Melody Tent in Hyannis, Massachusetts on August 16th. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Did you say Hyannis, Massachusetts? I did. Well, th that's just a, it's a remarkable coincidence because this week's Ken Lezebnik's America amazingly happens to profile Hyannis, Massachusetts. Mind-boggling coincidence. Yeah, it is. Um, Let's start the road trip we call... <laughs> Ken Lezebnik's America. <laughs> You kids, get in the fucking car! 
Get that dog out of there. We're not taking that dog. We're headed to Cape Cod. Oops, I did it again. Welcome to Ken Lesebnik's America. I've packed up the car. The kids are singing in the back. You can hear them. And we're headed down winding Highway 28 to Hyannis, Massachusetts. We're off to explore the largest of Barnstable's seven villages, named for a 17th century Algonquin ship. Hyannis is home to the John F. Kennedy Museum. Kid and kids, driving me nuts with that Britney Spears shit. I guess we did it again. You sure as fuck did. Can we just have some quiet time until we get to Craigville Beach? The beach? There are sharks out there. Nervous Nelly, nervous Nelly. Stop it. It's not her fault we named her Nelly. Nelly, calm down. Uh, look, I was actually looking forward to visiting the Maritime Museum. You know, to sailors, Cape Cod, the largest sandbar in the United States, was known as the Graveyard of Ships. Thanks. That makes me feel great. I want to go to the Cape Cod Banana Chip Factory! Chips! Chips! Chip! Shut your chip hole! Hey, 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 look, 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 that, that, that massive blue tent. It's the Cape Cod Melody Tent. Their marquee says innovative comedian Paula Poundstone is appearing August 16th. Can we just go to the beach? Chips, 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 chip, chip. shut up! How about getting some Poundstone tickets? Chips, chips, chips! Shut up! Okay, okay, I'm stopping the car. Roof, roof! How'd that damn dog get in here? We're going home before he craps in the car. Maybe another day we'll wander through scenic Hyannis, not to be mistaken for the truly scenic Hyannis port. And maybe someday I'll be able to purchase tickets to see the highly regarded comic Paula Poundstone at the Cape Cod Melody Tent. But for today, that's Ken Lezebnik's America. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Ken. Oh, my God. And thank you to our podcast acting company. Sound effects courtesy of Anthony Alfaro. Um, And I guess... Uh, I'm getting the message that Paula is going to be in Cape Cod on August 16th. So uh, for all her tour dates and to purchase her merchandise, including her T-shirts, visit her website at paulapoundstone.com. Hey, if you like your podcast to be focused and well-researched and your podcast host to be uncharismatic, unhorny strangers who have no interest in horses, then this is not the podcast for you. Yeah, and what's your deal? (laughs) I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Our show's called Baby Geniuses. And its hosts are horny adult idiots. We discover weird Wikipedia pages every episode. We discuss institutional misogyny. We ask each other the dumbest questions and our listeners won't stop sending us pictures of their butts. We haven't asked them to stop, but they also aren't stopping. Join us on Baby Geniuses every other week on MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to WKEP at night. Up next, looks like we've got a PSA from local forest ranger Duck Newton. Do I start now or? Yeah, lean in, Duck. Yeah, sorry. Um, Okay, I I wanted to address the unfortunate situation that... Okay, listen, two people... Good people that I and a lot of y'all have known our whole lives are dead. Torn to shreds by... A savage, bloodthirsty beast that defies human comprehension. If you'd like to know more, stop by the Cryptonomica, Kepler's premier museum of the macabre. Just off highway... Come on. We just wanted to warn y'all to beg you. If you see one of those things out in the forest, don't fight. Don't scream. Run. Run as far as you can. Doc, it's almost midnight. Listen, folks, if you see anything, please go to thelamplighter.org and let us know. And get behind a locked door tonight. Anything else we need to... Oh, they're leaving. Okay, well, that's thelamplighter.org, and stay safe out there, Kepler. 
On this day in unremarkable history, Victor Hugo said, I can really see where they could make a musical out of this. Welcome back, all you nobodies, Paula. You have any special messages uh, this week for fans listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone? You know I do. You usually do. Adam, as you know, we feel we're changing lives with our podcast, and nothing pleases us more. So far, we've changed literally dozens of lives, which is great. But in order to continue this emotional well-being revolution, Mm -hmm. we have to increase our listenership. I know many listeners aren't sure how to talk to their friends and loved ones about our podcast, so I've written some simple sample dialogue to help our listeners open up about being nobodies. This is our simple sample dialogue segment. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Try and this. It, and it's going to be you this, this week. Uh, providing I, I'm it. taking the helm again. Yeah, because I did it that one time last week. Yeah, and it was fantastic. The phones were lighting up. Uh, the phones were lighting up. We, um, so try this. Uh, listener's friend, you are always so busy as a surgeon. When did you have time to get a dog? And your dog is so soft, too. Listener, I've never known how to talk to you about it before, but... I listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the podcast. It's really funny, and I learned so much. That's how I found out there was a mobile dog wash slash surgical instrument repair truck. It's so convenient. It saved me enough time to get a dog. Listener's friend, thank you so much for telling me. I'm going to listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone myself. Oh, Paula. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, phone, yeah, the phones be, are lighting up now, yeah, Adam, aren't they? The, you know, it seems like every time I've managed to get myself in an emotional state where I'm just ready to be sanguine, if you know what I mean. Just to, I'm going to let this go, you know, because I just know that Paula's going to set up this unlikely scenario every week. You always manage to top yourself, don't you? No. Th- well, what's great about this is... Yeah. Um, I have a this... feeling what you, what's great about it is exactly what I have a problem with, but go ahead. No, what's great about this is we had already heard about the dog wash um, surgical instrument repair truck yeah, before. Yeah, I thought this is where you were going. And this listener... Yeah. Um, yeah. heard about that through us. Yeah, but you see, now th- this is a little bit, uh, we, we've gone deep into the rabbit hole now because you were referencing a previous installment of, of listener, um, uh, well, because it, what's happening, Adam, is advice. a lot of the listeners are learning from us. Yeah. And this is, so this is how but this she, is, this is kind of like the inception of the movie the inception this is like the inception of simple sample dialogue because you did this you did this imaginary world where there is such a thing as a mumble dog wash surgical instrument repair it's, shop it's not imaginary it's right here did it, you no, hear it in the thing that you wrote down yes no, but it's I, not imaginary this listener uh, was able to uh, use it and got extra time. Well, now you see, that's what I'm talking about. Now you've imagined a listener who heard about that imaginary thing availed herself of it and is now Oh my God! No, it's not imaginary. Uh, no, I, I I heard the simple sample dialogue. I did. Yeah, exactly. Did. So, so, okay. uh, so, congratulations to us. Surely, <laughs> our listenership has expanded. <laughs> yes, it sure has. In, in yeah, it's been great working with you. I I I. We're, this is not going to be a big enough forum eventually. Eventually, it won't be yeah. because we will have just legions of imaginary listeners passing on. Uh, the advice to other imaginary listeners. Uh, nobody's, remember, our, if you are out there, our email address again is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. 
And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Well, that's pretty much our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber. Bonnie Captain Crinkle Burns. Ken Lezebnik's America Lezebnik. And Tony Anita acting debut Hull. Wow. Technical direction by Ray Horseman. And I want to take a second here. Do you, re- do you remember um, Jorge Reyes? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Wasn't he pregnant? He's he's played sax for us many a time. Yes. Congratulations on the birth of your second child. Wow, that is so great. Absolutely. I met his first kid. Absolutely adorable. Really? It's going to be hard to- Tough uh, act to follow? Very tough act to follow. (laughs) All right. And the mixing, of course, is done by Anthony the Zoo Master, Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Dmitry Yevstefeyev. Hey, he nodded at me. All right. And thanks again to our guest, Attorney Thomas Lenz. Security muscle provided by Ben, the Glickman Vanquisher Lezebnik. <laughs> Transcription services for this show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? <laughs> See, if there is no mobile dog wash surgical repair unit, then we never get that listener that's built off of that. There is, though. There is. Didn't you hear it? Well, I heard it because you wrote it. Yeah. I wrote my... You know what? You write what you know, Adam. But... Write every day. Write what you know. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.